Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So good to see many of you here this morning. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. But, you know, just a couple of quickies here. There's some with us today that had been sick. We do have some with us. No, I, I apologize. There are some that are not with us today because of sickness. So let's remember, right now we have in our midst, according to His Word, not mine, yes. we have in our midst the God who brings healing. Yes. Yes. Amen, amen. So now, look, we, we can... We can, you know, we can do the the, the name it and claim it stuff, and uh, I don't recognize this. I, it, it it happens. Yes, absolutely. It happens. So now let's let's go ahead and go to him in prayer and intercede for our brothers and sisters. First of all, giving thanks, Lord, we thank you, thank you that you are a God who can sympathize with our weaknesses. Lord Jesus, you took a body, you walked this imperfect planet. Imperfect because we allowed the enemy, not because you created it that way. So, Lord, thank you for taking a body and understanding, Lord, letting us understand that we serve a God who is sympathetic, a God who understands what it is that we're going through, not some faraway God who is detached from us, who doesn't understand our, our comings and our goings. Lord, You understand everything about us. Lord, you also say that you know that we're dust. So Lord, right now in this moment, I give you thanks for those who you have healed. Father, thank you for the healing that you've brought among these people, among this body. And Lord, now we also ask that those who are not well this morning in their bodies, who are sick in their bodies this morning, Lord, we pray... Be Jehovah Rapha to them. Lord, let them understand that the healing that they desire, the healing, the wellness in their bodies that they seek comes from you. So let them call on the name of Jesus this morning who paid for our healing with your stripes, Lord Jesus. We thank you. So heal us, Lord, spiritually but physically, Lord. Thank you for healing. Thank you so much. Lord, thank you for pouring out your Spirit Holy Spirit, it's you that we are depending on this morning to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. We're calling for you to pour yourself out on us afresh and anew, that we may be able to understand your word, that we may be empowered to live your word, that we may be your ambassadors in this place, that we may be salt and light. When we leave this place today, Lord, help us again to be salt and light in this place that you've called us to be your ambassadors. It's in Jesus' name that I pray all this. Amen? amen. And amen. So uh, so glad to see Sandra back. So glad. Dude, what a great morning for me. I'm, I'm so blessed this morning to see you, all of you. So I'm going to uh, begin in a scripture that we left off uh, with last week, and that would be James. In James chapter 1, beginning verse 26, and this is from the New Living Translation. If you claim to be religious, now remember, religious, we know what this is actually meaning. If you, if you claim to be pious, if you claim to be walking in God, if you claim to be religious and don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. And your religion is worthless. 
pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Now remember, that's where the major emphasis was last week. Refusing to let the world corrupt you. Be, being corrupted. Amen? So now, it's in that, that's what I want to focus in on. Nay, I hope, I pray that I'm under the direction of Holy Spirit and this is the direction that we'll go this morning. Now in Matthew, beginning in first, uh, verse 43 of chapter 5, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes his son, S-U-N, rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles or the pagans or the non-believers do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe in the James, King James, it says you shall be perfect. You shall be perfect. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, we are called to be like our heavenly Father. And you've heard me say this many, many times from this pulpit, especially as of late. And I'm going to continue to say, and I'm going to continue to remind you, we are, there is no past, there is no excuse. We can no longer say, well, I'm not, I love Jesus, but I'm not Jesus. Jesus has called for us to walk like Him. Glory. There is a reason why that Christianity is becoming more unpopular by the day in this country. It's because there is no difference between the church and everybody else that's out there. So look it, it's up to us who understand what this word says and what it actually means. When it's saying to us that, that that word in the Greek is teleos, teleos, perfect, complete, complete. And it just so happened as I was getting ready, putting my clothes on this morning, I heard someone else say something about this very scripture. So thank you, God, for confirmation. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen? But then that is also of a form or derivative of the word. When Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is complete, it is perfect, same word. Same word. He said, it has been completed. It is completed. My brothers and sisters, in Him, it says to us in the Scripture, in Him, we're complete. Amen. In Him, we're perfect. Amen. So I have, my brothers and sisters, when it says that we shall be like our Father, when Jesus said, it's complete. Now in Him, we're complete. In Him, we're like our Father. Amen. In Him, Right now, in him. So this, let me let me hark, let me go back just a little bit. We'll go back into this chapter five of Matthew. I say, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Is that what the world is teaching right now? No. Uh, no. Let me just say this: in the church, in the church, we don't practice that anyway. So let's not let's forget the world for a moment. Forget that. Forget. Politics, forget wars, rumors of wars, forget all of that stuff for a moment. We don't even practice that in the church. So, but but here's the thing. Well, see, we well, I'm not Jesus, or I'm not. I haven't been perfected yet. You haven't been perfected yet to the extent that we are not going to be. We it's not known what we're going to be yet until we see Him face to face. No, we have not been completed to that degree yet. However, again, in Him we are perfect. In Him we've been perfected. Right? right. So, so wait. 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, we'll ask what you will, right? Remember where, oh, where we've been through all of these messages in the past few weeks, right? It's about being in Him. It's about dying to self, right? It's about being dead to the world, right? I'm crucified to the world and the world is crucified to me, amen? Okay, so now I'm living, for me to live, Paul, for me to die is gain, but for me to live is, is Christ, for me to die is gain. That's, that's the attitude that we need to be having. We're living according to this new life that we have in Christ Jesus, amen? So in that, we're, we become perfected. See, here's, and here, I don't want to go sideways on you, but, but, but watch this. When I read this and now I study this and I understand perfected, teleos, completed, teleo. But my brothers and sisters, when Jesus died on that cross, He finished the work that was to be done. He reconciled us back to the Father. And then when He rose from the dead, oh, and by the way, Pentecost Sunday, when, when, when Pentecost came, He put His Spirit in His people, and now we have the ability which we did not have before. What Now we can love our enemies. We can be like our Father. We can be like our God, Jesus, who when they were killing Him said, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. And I know it's humanly possible because there was a man. His name was Stephen. When he was being stoned to death for preaching truth, he said, Father, don't hold this against them. Hallelujah. He was praying for them as, listen, just as our Lord was praying for those who were killing Him. Hallelujah. So it's possible. Don't say, I can't do that. You can do that. In Him, you can do that. Hallelujah. 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 Good. So now look, I, I, you know, I'm always kind of hunting and searching and seeing what we could see. How can we explain this? I'm going to go right now. I'll read some and then there'll be some on the screens for you. But I'm going to um, 2 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to begin reading in verse 5. The first part of this won't be on the screen, so please mark it down, check it out later, put it on your electronic device right now, but don't call her, don't check check text or send text. Listen to what this Word of God is saying. Amen? Amen. 2 Samuel 16.5 Now when King David came to Baharim, there was a man from the family of the house of Saul whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. Coming from there, he came out cursing continuously as he came and threw stones at David and all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left hand. Also, Shimei, Shimei said that's what, when he cursed. Come out, come out, you bloodthirsty man, you rogue. The, the Lord... I, I just, I, this, I'm, I'm stumbling here. This breaks me up. Think about this. This is King David, God's anointed king. This man never got over the fact that Saul was a Benjamite and he was part of that family, part of that lineage, and he's holding this grudge against David all of these years. Verse 8, The Lord has brought upon you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of Absalom your son. So now you are caught in your own evil because you are a bloodthirsty man. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please, let me go over and take off his head. <laughs> but the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? 
So let him curse because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? Pause here. So now for many of us who maybe don't remember or whatever, Absalom, David's son, is in rebellion against the king. He still has a grudge against his father for not taking you know, care of business as it relates to his, his sister being uh, violated by half-brother. And so he has this ought against his own father. In the meantime, Absalom had been playing uh, political games with the people of Israel, and he turned the hearts of Israel toward him and away from his father. So now he's in rebellion. Uh, David hears about what's happening in Hebron. He announces he, being Absalom, goes into Hebron, has all of the tribes uh, gathered with him, and he's going to go back and he's going to overthrow David. David hears of it. He takes his mighty men and they flee. And as they're going out, this is where we find this. Amen? So now everybody's up to speed. But look at what David says. Now, now look, he's cursing. This person is cursing him. He's throwing rocks and stones, dust at him, and he's cursing him. And so now his, one of his mighty men says, let me just go ahead and separate his head from his shoulder. This dead dog. Let me, let me just do this. No. When David says, let me go back there. It's worth... King, the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zuriah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, Curse David, who then shall say, Why have you done so? What David is saying, there's a possibility here that he's doing what the Lord has causing him to do. There's a possibility here that this is of God. So don't do nothing. Do you hear that? Okay, so now I'm going to continue. This will be up on the board. Continuing now in verse 11 of chapter 16, 2 Samuel. And David said to Abishai and all his servants, See how my son who came from my own body seeks my life? How much more than now may this Benjamite? Let him alone and let him curse, for so the Lord has ordered him. It may be that the Lord will look upon my affliction and that the Lord will repay me with good for this cursing this day. And as David and his men went along the road, Shimei went along the hillside opposite them and cursed as he went, throwing stones, threw stones at him and kicked up dust. David showing absolute great restraint here. Was it in and would it been just for David to go ahead, okay, go ahead, do it. Take him out. Yes. In humans, in, yeah, according to humans, yes. That's right. So now look, look at what David, look, look at what David says. He says, first of all, look, we'll go back. He says, um, maybe this is of God. So why in the world, let's just let it go, because maybe this is of God. Right? And then he adds, you know, my own son, my own son is, is after me. My own son wants to kill me. So, you know, why shouldn't this guy do it? Why shouldn't this guy have this kind of ought against me? Why shouldn't this guy feel this way against me? Why shouldn't this guy, even my own son? So now let me take a step back. This only means something to us if it can apply to us here and now. Anybody have any problems in their families? No. <laughs> why, would you, why would you even ask? <laughs> well, wait. See, so my brothers and sisters, did Jesus have problems with his family? Yes. yes. So, so, so look, but here's what happens. Does that give us justification no. 
to have aughts, grudges, or treat them without love. No. Do we? Okay, see what I'm saying here? This is an Old Testament saint that had a New Testament relationship. This is an Old Testament under, uh, man who has a New Testament understanding about the grace and mercy of God. But so now let me, let's go back and look at verse 9 together again. Then Abishai, the son of Zeruah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. You see how he's referring to this man, he's, this dead dog. You know what he's saying? Why, sh- why, why should this worthless lump, right? That's what he's doing. So he's doing what humans do. He's marginalizing. He's, he's making this person seem like, you know, they're, they're worthless. They're, there's nothing to this. I mean, this person doesn't deserve to even call your name. This person has wronged you. This person is a dirty, lousy, no good. This person is this. This person is that. Hmm. Where have I seen that before? All over human history. And we're living in it right now. My brothers and sisters, you know what? You know how the Nazis got so many people to go ahead and turn their backs while they were murdering Jews and other people, by the way, by the hundreds of thousands and millions? They marginalized them. Your problems are because of them. Does that sound familiar to anybody in this room? It's, there's nothing new. Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. It's, there's nothing new. This is what's happening. So my brothers and sisters, why am I saying this to a, a, a church? Why am I saying this to my flock? Because we have the same problem. We have the same problem. And until we can go ahead and grasp hold of this, until we can say, until we can say, like the, now I'm not even the king. You're not the king. I'm not even the boss of anything. But, you know, why should I feel like if someone, you know, reviles me or if someone mocks me or criticizes me, I have the right to take action against them? If I'm a born-again Christian, I look at this. King David, he is the king. He's God's anointed king. A mighty warrior. Amen? Instead of him letting his pride, letting his ego get the best of him, he said, no, no, no. This might be of God. Maybe there's a lesson here that I need to learn. Now, I'm, I'm just kind of throwing things in here because I know what I'm thinking about me. And I want you to start thinking now about you. You know, some of the things that we suffer, whether it's from loved ones or whether it's from acquaintances, somebody we work with, so whatever. Doesn't it say in Timothy that all who, des- all who seek to live righteous in this life shall suffer persecution? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, I'm, I'm good. I, I treat everybody well. I'm living. Uh, I pray every day. Uh, good. So when you're suffering persecution, know you're doing it right. Come on, come on. Because if everybody likes you, if everybody loves you, you've been corrupted. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So now watch. So King David, now he, he, he's, he's taking all this in. Maybe God is allowing this for my good. Maybe something is supposed to happen here. And if anything else, if I just go ahead and ignore this, if I just go ahead and don't exercise my ego, my authority, or my position or power, God will take care of it and God will reward me for it. Hallelujah. Stop, take, stop defending yourself. 
Stop feeling obligated to go ahead and point fingers at this one, that one, the other one. Oh, he's a Democrat. He's a Republican. He's this. He's that. She's this. She's that. She's a gun owner. He's a gun owner. What? You belong to the Lord. You are not of this world. Don't let their corruption corrode you. <laughs> I don't even know if that was proper English, but just there you go. Come on. Don't let that corruption corrupt you. Are you better than King David? Did God come on? But King David said, "Uh uh-uh. Leave it go. Let it be. If this is of God, I'm going to learn something from it. And if it's not of God, or if it's just that God wants to bless me for it, then so be it. Hallelujah. Sometimes, man, we nullify the work that God is trying to do because we open up our mouths. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think that's why we got to go back to James. If you claim to be religious but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself. You know, it's not just controlling your tongue to say, well, I don't say those curse words anymore. I don't use the same slang words anymore. I don't say negative things. I don't even backbite or gossip anymore. Yeah, sure you don't. But I don't even do any of that anymore. No. Maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to say something right now. I'm guilty too. Man, when I'm out there on the job site and certain things happen, I say, oh my, I can't believe this. God, why is this happening? Or, you know what? I just feel snake bit. Everything, everything we're doing is just, it's just turning out bad. I just, so I'm, I'm making these confessions. Come on. So I'm making these confessions. I need to control that. Why? Maybe it is. Maybe bad stuff is happening, but maybe God is testing me. Maybe God is pressuring me. Maybe God is just allowing those people around me to see what I do, how I react, how you act, how you react. Now, listen, does that mean that you never say anything? No. If, if, if you're called, if you feel unction of Holy Spirit to speak, make sure it's of God. Right? All right. Come on. Hallelujah. But see, I just can't get over. We have this problem in the church. This lack of genuine love. This lack of humility. Because in order for me, my brothers and sisters, to be able to forgive the people that are wronging me, whether they're in the church or out of the church, I have to have humility. Right? I have, there has to be humility involved here. I think that's one of the things that I'm learning here from David the most is you know, his ability to, listen, let his faith in God supersede his own pride, his own position. Amen? In James, remember what we read in James. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, but again, refusing to let the world corrupt you. David in that moment is refusing to let the world corrupt him. See, so watch. He has the opportunity. You know, his, his mighty man says to him, I'll do that. You don't even have to lift the finger, David. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this for you. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this dead dog for you. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this worthless piece of uh, flesh. I'm going to go ahead and take care of this. No. No, no, no. If God is ordering this, let it be. It could be that this is a test for me. It could be that this is something, okay? 
How many times are you egged on by others in the culture, in your ear, in your family, in the church? You know what, I, you know what, you know what really moved me over the last couple of weeks? Because I've heard statements, and, it just, and, I, and it, it's in this church. You know, it's not only the fact that we have a hard time you know, loving brothers and sisters in here, because sometimes it's harder to do that when people are close to you and you know some of their faults and all this other stuff. But, you know, this says, love your enemies, right? I, I've heard people talk about not being able to, or not expressing, let me say it this way, they'll say that they love people, but their words and their actions say something else as it relates to maybe someone who's not living the Christian life. So we'll immediately look down our nose at somebody or at least want to say, okay, I'm going to stay away from them. So now i got to pause here for a moment because now I'm going to tell you there is such a thing as church discipline. And if somebody's openly sinning, it has to be taken care of in the church. We're instructed in the Word. And my brothers and sisters, I'm going to be honest with you. I've been lax in that in the past. Not anymore. Not anymore. We're going to do exactly what the Scripture says. So if you're openly sinning, expect the pastor to speak with you. And the pastor may speak with you with an elder present, like it says in the Bible. Well, you're judging. No. The Bible is judging. The Word is judging. But, but, here's what the, but, but now here's what the Word says. If I love you, I have to do that. Right? Right? Okay, so I want to make sure that we understand each other because what I'm about to say is not, is not saying that there's an excuse uh, for people to go ahead and, uh, you know, sin and be okay with it and we should all be okay with other people's sin and all this other stuff. No, it's not okay. Sin is never okay. But now, if somebody hasn't reached a certain level in their walk with God, then we shouldn't just go ahead and excommunicate them or treat them differently. And if someone claims to have reached a level with God, but we necessarily know by their actions that they haven't, okay, you know, maybe it's not up to us to point the finger at them, but to come up alongside of them and just try to help them, to pray with them, maybe show them the Scripture and not condemn them. Are you with me? Okay? So now what? Wait. So, so wait a minute. Wait a minute. All of that, so I want to make sure we understand. There's no excuse and there's no reason for us to allow sin. But on the other hand, there's no excuse and no reason for us not to love the person who is living under. Are you with me? But we make excuses. And we do it, listen, and we do it selectively. There are certain people that we will go ahead and we'll uh, allow uh, you know, certain indiscretions and we'll still associate with them, we'll still be okay with them, but then there are other people who have indiscretions and we want to say, no, they're, you know, they're, they're worthless, they're, they're like a dead dog. We may not say it with our mouth, but our actions show how we really feel. Are you with me? Okay, so now look, not in this church. I don't care how long you've known me, him, her, them. I don't care if you're related, not related, not in this church. Let me tell you something. When you go ahead and you make an assertion, that dead dog, you're speaking about the image of God. All humans are created in His image. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell you that every, the, the gates of hell have to be widened for all of those people that have chosen to go that way. 
there are not everyone is going to be saved. The the way is narrow, and the and the you you following me? Okay, so I know, but I don't know who is going to be saved and who is not going to be saved. That's not up to me. It's up to God, and I don't know who will live like the devil their whole life and then on their deathbed have a revelation of God and say, "Jesus, forgive me. I'm so sorry." It's not beyond God to save that person. But I don't know, and I'm not their judge, and I can't, well, that can't happen. Uh, you think of the worst human being in history, and, and if they made a true confession of faith, and they absolutely, just before they died, said, Jesus, I was so wrong, I'm sorry, please, can you ever forgive me? I don't deserve it, can you forgive me? The thief on the cross, he's, he's dying, he knows he's dying, he's committed sin, he knows he's committed sin, he said it, I deserve what I'm getting, but Jesus, can you remember me? Hallelujah. So no one is beyond redemption. So who am I? So why should I say this one, that one, even though they're living a life that shows that they are not abiding in Him, who am I to say that person is not worth me even looking at, talking to, uh, helping, uh, whatever. I can't associate with that person. See, do you hear? Do you you see what I'm saying? So now there is church discipline and there is a time when the Scripture says you need to... Send them out of the church. Don't associate with them. When they refuse the counsel of God, when they refuse the Word, when you've brought to them in love, do you hear me? When you've brought to them in love those things and they still refuse, then you have to say, okay, we need to separate. Are you there? Come on. See, there's, there's a difference. And so, so who's making the distinction? Holy Spirit! Holy Spirit needs to be making that distinction. We need to be governing and living our lives according to this Word and by His Spirit. Amen? Amen. So now I'm going to go back. Back to the Scripture. In Luke chapter 6. Some will be on the board, some will not. So please pay attention in your hearing and you're listening. Amen? Amen? So in chapter 6, verse 27. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And pray for those who spitefully use you. To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. Did you hear that? If someone wrongs you, don't separate yourself from them. That, that's what that, isn't that what that's saying? If someone wrongs you, don't run away from them. If someone wrongs you, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from, whom who, and from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do them to them likewise. Here we go. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those who from, from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Look at verse 35 with me if you would. Love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And reward, your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High. You will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Did you hear that? How many in this room over the period of the last, let's just say over the period of the last three to five days, Needed God to be merciful to you. So, so how in the world can I withhold mercy from somebody? 
Right? How many of you absolutely you know that you needed God's forgiveness this week? I'm not talking about when you first went to the cross. I'm talking about this week. So who am I not to forgive? My brothers and sisters, this love that we have, it was completed on the cross. And it was, listen, it was put into motion. It was put into activity. It was spoken into us on the day of Pentecost. When Jesus came out of that tomb alive, that verified everything that he did and said. And then when he said, go and tarry in Jerusalem, because not many days from now, you're going to receive power from on high. You're going to receive the promise of the Father. And when my spirit is in you, you're going to have the ability to be like me. You're going to be able to love like I love. Hallelujah you will then be completed in me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. I'm sweating up here. But I got to pause back here because we're still in the middle of all of this stuff and all of this junk. We're letting the world corrupt us. The world has corrupted the church. And I know you're tired of hearing me say it, but I'm just going to keep saying it. That's right. Go, it, we, the world has corrupted the church to the extent that the gospel's been watered down, to the extent that you know we're okay with sin. There's adultery in the church and out of the church. Everything that's out of the church is in the church. Absolutely. Sexual immorality in the church, homosexuality in the church, all of that is in the church. God says that those things are forbidden. Those things shouldn't be. But we're allowing them in the church. So, again... Why should I need to go to the church? Why, why do I need to be, become born again? Why should, is, if there's no difference, then why do I need to do it? Why do I need that spirit that you say you have in you? Why do I need that spirit in me? <laughs> it's a little quiet. A little quiet there, didn't it? Why do I need that spirit in me? Right? So, you love... I see you act like everybody else, but you say you love. You have this unconditional love. Your God is the essence of love. Your God is perfect love, pure love. I don't see that. Come on. Come on. You see, come on. See, now wait. Remember, the first love that we have to have, absolute, is God. Love God more than anything and everything. With everything you've got in you, love God. Right? Right? So, then, again, I'm going to give you basic... This is, this, everything I've told you is basic and rudimentary. Isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it? But here we are on a, on a Pentecost kind of moment. And, and why isn't it that we have all of these... This power in the church? Why don't we have all of those things that Jesus gave us? Why, don't, aren't, why aren't they widely used and why don't we see them in the church because we can't get over this see we we're, we've been corrupted we've been corrupted by the world and because as individuals we've been corrupted we bring corruption into the church you know there's backbiting and gossiping even in this little small church as little as this church is there's still that could you imagine in the big churches where you have all of those houses, you know, right? Uh, little church, little problems, big church, big problems. And I've heard of Tony, you should be thankful you got a little church. Where you, you know, more people, more problems. Yes, I understand that. I do. However, here's also what I understand. There's nothing too big for our God. Nothing. 
Nothing. See, so if we're serious about our relationship with Him, if we're staying connected to God, and if, listen, and if we love God with everything that we are, all of a sudden, those things that He's given us, the ability for us to love others, is there. We just have to exercise it. Have to be real about it. So let's be real about it. In that moment. If I were King David, what would I have done? Boy, I don't know. In the condition that I'm in now, I don't know. So now watch. Now, oh, you know, Tony's just confessed he's got sin in his life. No, I I just don't know that if I were in that position at that moment in time, how I would have reacted under that kind of pressure and tension when my own son is trying to kill me. That would have had me so heartbroken in and of itself. I don't even know if I'd been able to think straight. Come on. Right? So don't get any ideas over there. That's my son. <laughs> but, but think about that for a minute. If my own family is out to kill me, what would that do? What, how how that, would that play with me? How would that upset my emotions when I let that corrupt me? So what I see in David here is awesome. And that's why I see that there's this, what did God, how to describe God describe David? A man after my own heart. So was David with his flaws? Yeah. But when push came to shove, when it was time to do something, it was time, when it came crunch time, David called on God. So now watch. Is it crunch time in your life? When they're reviling you or when you have a problem with someone in your own family or if someone you know, someone in this congregation is talking about you or feels uh, ill toward you, is, it, is that crunch time? Yeah. Are you going to let your emotions rob you of the blessing of God? Are you going to let your emotions you know, make your mouth move and then go ahead and nullify the blessing because you moved your mouth? This is good preaching. I don't care what anybody you say. I, I, somebody out there needs... Listen, are you going to let that because you know what? I, I've done it in my life, and I'm going to I'm I'm try with everything in me. This is ministering to me not to loosely say anything. And I'm not talking about talking about you behind your back. I'm talking about making a negative confession. When I see things going wrong, just not go ahead and say, I see these things going wrong. Everybody sees it. But I've got spiritual eyes. You've got spiritual eyes. Yeah, it's going wrong here in the here and now, but God is greater. Hallelujah. I, I don't live this life. I live the eternal life. Thank you. So good to be among you Baptists this morning. Come on. Come on. I live the eternal life. I'm not going to let my confession be about this life. I'm going to try my best to go ahead and, Lord, keep me in tune with your spirit. Lord, let me see this through your eyes. Lord, let me see that person through your eyes. Well, that person may be in your opinion, you know, worthless as a dead dog in that moment. But just remember, again, i got to remind you because i got to remind me, that person, that person is God's creation. That person was created in the image of God and in His likeness. So I at least need to acknowledge that and say, Lord, that stinks, but change how I feel about it. Lord, take me to the next level. Lord, let me see that person like you see them. Lord, grant me mercy that I may grant. Lord, come on. Man, so many times in, uh, in my career that, you know, the paying job, let's just say it that way, in, the, in my 
profession. I'll, I'll, I'll have people that come to work and it's like, oh boy, you know it ain't going to work out. I mean, they're just... And I've had in the past, it was it, one of the most rewarding parts of what I do away from here, is, and then certainly in past, it's, it's, I'll be honest with you, it's getting more and more difficult all the time as the culture changes and, and as we've paid people to stay home and, and, do, and be lazy and all that other stuff. It's, it's just, it's gotten worse and worse. Um, by the way, Scripture says you don't work, you don't eat. There's a reason why God did that. He knows how we're wired. He knows what, what it would do to us, Right? And what it would do to the culture overall. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. In this moment, back in the past, there would be several times where, you know, the jobs that I'm offering are low entry-level labor, labor positions. And I would have all kind of folks come to work for me. And I remember specifically a time, well, years ago. <laughs> I'm very old. But there were, uh, uh, for whatever reason, I was getting a bunch of uh, drug addicts and alcoholics that come to work wanting want jobs. So, you know, you just roll the dice. You just don't know. And so they come to work, and I'm doing everything I can to be uh, the boss and at the same time be the minister of Christ. And it's, it's difficult because I can't let them do whatever they want. I've got to have mercy, but at the same time, no. I'm responsible to the people that have hired me, and I've got to get a job done. But here's what I've noticed, especially back then. After, you know, I would have... These folks come to work and it was, uh, it was so difficult to get them to do the job, to get them to show up on time. I remember just going in the parking lot after a guy's been late for three days, meet, and Steve could tell you, meet him in the parking lot, go home. What? I'm only ten minutes late. Go home. This is the third day. Go home. But I'm only ten... Let me ask you something. If you go to the bank ten minutes after it closes... Will you get your check cashed? No. Okay. So go home. You can come back tomorrow if you're on time. Man, you do that. You know, you go out and, and I give a task and the task is done not close. Go grab them. Come back here. Hey, do you see this? Yeah, is that the way it's supposed to be done? Well, you know, and you hear the excuses. No, fix this. Okay. Next day. Is that the way this is supposed to be done? No. Fix it. You make them fix it. You make, but you know what? Here's what I've noticed. Staying with it. After a little while, some of these folks turned out to be some of the best employees. And here's what I noticed about these employees. When we hired other people, they would come up to me and say, Boss, this person is making us look bad. This person is making us look bad. You need to get rid of them. I would have to remind them. <laughs> that used to be you. <laughs> that used to be you. That used to be you. Man, think about that. So now look. You, 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 that, yep, help them. Help them. Help them. Teach them. Show them what you know. I'm, I'm telling you, my, my brothers and sisters, it's the, the, this is the way Christianity should be. You know what? You were like that when you came to the cross. You, there wasn't a whole lot that you had to offer. But God. <laughs> but God. Who is rich in mercy with that great love with which He loved us. When we were dead in our sins and trespasses. Amen? Amen. So that's the way we need to look at all these people. 
And so even our brothers and sisters in the church. Man, I want to tell you something else. Listen, uh, this is... It's no big secret. I'm old. I got kids that have kids. Don't let the boyish looks fool you. But, but Steve, you left a little bit too hard back there. I'm just saying. Altar time. No, but, but seriously, though, think about this. I, I, I've got children. Now, listen, when Michelle and I uh, had kids, you know, you have, we have, both of us had great parents that were there to help us and, you know, taught us or at least showed us and told us. But you, as much as you listen and as much as you try to, you, you're never really prepared. And I was told about the terrible twos, right? And so the terrible twos started with at 18 months. And I'm still waiting for it to stop. (laughs) I love you. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. No, but the terrible twos started at 18 months. And so now watch. So here's the thing. So when I started getting, when Michelle, and Michelle, thank God for Michelle. When we started getting good at having two and three-year-olds, guess what? They turned four and five. Then when we got them through, you know, uh, pre-adolescence, guess what? Adolescence happened. So what am I saying? What does that have to do with... Man, my brothers and sisters, look. You know what? We don't know our brothers and sisters in the Lord, where they are in their life on this planet. They may, be, they may have a kid at home that's absolutely terrorizing them at this point. They don't know what to do. So are we going to sit in judgment because they may not have the greatest of temperaments when, they, when we see them? It's, hey, 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 you don't uh, Hi, how are you? Okay, listen, don't take it personal. Wow, I wonder what happened to so-and-so. Stop the baby stuff. Among us? Stop. Stop. Or this person said this, or this person's doing that. This person put this on Facebook. This person put that on Facebook. I keep saying the same things. Stop! First of all, if you're, why are you putting your whole life on Facebook? Why? Why? I don't care what you had for dinner last night. I don't care who you had dinner with last night. Come on, listen. Okay, you want to do it for some memories, make some pictures? Okay, but my brothers and sisters, listen. When you start putting stuff on Facebook and you start saying, it's a little bit easier to say things, do things. And when you start on the one hand, claim to be a Christian, but then on the other hand, show this party that you're going to where there's a lot of uh, debauchery going on. Well, really? Really? And then you expect for nothing to really be of consequence? You wonder why, you know, maybe, you know, you're not being as uh, successful in your walk with God as you should be. You, you wonder why when you pray, nothing's happening. You wonder why the kids are acting a fool. Well, maybe it's because you're acting a fool. Come on, I'm not trying to be ugly here. Listen, I'm, I'm really not. But my brothers and sisters, when I see this thing, and I see this stuff going on, we're letting the world corrupt us. When we let the world corrupt us, then we're open for all of this stuff to happen so that when do- someone does wrong us, we act according to our corruption and not according to our Christianity. When someone tells us that we should hate that person because of all the wrongs that were done in the past, then we just go ahead and hate that person. Even though in our Christian theology, I love everybody, but we don't, our actions don't show that, our attitudes don't show that. And inside of us, we justify hell having an ill feeling toward this race, that person, the people. That, are you with me? You know what I'm saying is true. And you know that it's true for us as well as for those out there. Yes. So listen, don't let the world corrupt us. 
But I love David's attitude. This is where I want us, this is where the rubber should meet the road for me, for you, for us. David's attitude. This is of God. If this is happening, then this is of God. And there's going to be something that's going to come out of this. Amen? So for that, I'm going to 1 Peter chapter 2. Some of it will be on the board, some of it won't. Verse 18. Servants, be submissive to your masters with all fear. Not only to the good and to the gentle, but also to the harsh. Look, look. So look. We know that this is talking about bond servants. This is talking about you know slaves that are either... Um, Voluntary or non-voluntary. That was part of that back then. That was part of the culture of life. And we just went over this as we're studying Timothy last week, uh, last Wednesday. Same thing. There were slaves then. There were slaves then. And listen, some of it was voluntary, some of it was not. Were were the Jews servants to the Romans during Jesus' time? Yeah. Yeah. Whoever conquered... Right now, there are slaves all over this world. There are slaves in Africa right now. There are slaves in China right now. There are people that are being trafficked in this country right now. So there are that. But nevertheless, look at what it's saying. Not only to the good and to the gentle, but also to the harsh. So now watch. Some of, well, I'm not a slave. Okay. Do you work for somebody? See, this economic system is different than the one back then, but it's still a system of economy where, where you have to work for somebody in order to get your money, your goods, your possessions. Isn't, isn't that right? Unless you own the business. And even if you own the business, to a degree, you're serving somebody. You've got to have customers. Amen? Okay, so we all understand that this could be definitely uh, apply to us. Isn't that right? So watch what... So now let me read it this way. Uh, so servants... Or workers, be submissive to your bosses with all fear. It's all respect. Not only to the good in general, not only to the ones that you think are treating you right, but even to the ones that are treating you wrong, harshly. For this is commendable. If because of conscience toward God, one endures grief, suffering wrongfully. Watch. I'm not doing it for Tony. I'm doing it because I believe in God. I wish, my, I wish all my employees were that way. Amen? I would be rejoicing right now. I'm not going to do it for you, Tony. I'm doing it because I love God. This is what this is saying. Listen, regardless of who is over us, regardless of our circumstance or situation, but because, listen, but because of our relationship with God, because we love God, that's why we do it. We endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what credit is it that when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently? But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow His steps. I said this about 300 times over the last few weeks. Uh, Forgive me, that was an embellishment. Not 300, maybe about 299. No. Listen, listen. I've said this so many times over the last couple weeks. Jesus said, they hated me, they're going to hate you. So why should we be different? So watch. Again, remember, if everything is honky-dory with everybody around you, you probably ain't doing it right. No, no, let's be honest, right? Because that's what Jesus said. So now I'm going to read the the next couple of verses to you. It's not going to be up there, but listen. So we should follow his steps. He committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, 
Well, watch this. He committed himself to him who judges righteously. That's faith. See, and isn't that basically what, what David did? Isn't that what we saw David did? David said, okay, listen, this is wrong. He's, he's he, you know what? I'm the king, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff. He's cursing me. He's throwing rocks at me. He's, okay, but I'm trusting God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you understand this? No matter, look, oh, look it. No matter where you are right now, no matter what your problem is, no matter what trouble you have, trust God with it. Amen. Okay, Tony, you're not going through what I'm going through. You don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I know. I don't have any problems. Every, I'm walking on a cloud. Everything's sunshine and lollipops for Tony. Oh, come on. No. One of the worst things that can happen for us who have children and grandchildren is to watch our children and grandchildren go through and suffer situations. It rips the heart out of you, doesn't it? I'm talking to parents and grandparents right here among us. What is the best thing that I could possibly do for them? Love God with everything I got? Right? Listen. And look at those things. My faith in God. Trust God. Trust God. I can get on my knees and trust God. God, my grandchild. God, my father. God, my mother. God, my, my son. My daughter. My friend. My close associate. God, my pastor. My, well, God, they're going through so much right now. Can you please, Lord, be with them? Can you please lift them up? God, please be with them. God, please put laborers in the path. Lord, please. Let them see you in the midst of this. Let them cry out to you like they've never cried out to you before. Father, let this thing be the thing that causes them to turn their heart totally to you, not halfway. Father, let this be the thing that causes them to get rid of all the corruption of this world out of their life, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? Amen. So now watch. When I prayed that, some of you had somebody in mind. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We just prayed a prayer and God heard it. We just prayed a prayer and God heard it. What's troubling you? Who's against you? Who's your enemy? Do you love them? No, I don't. Let's be, let's be honest. No, I don't. God, please, in Jesus' name, humanly, in and of myself, I can't do this. But Lord, I love you. And I know you love me. And I know, Lord, in you I'm complete. So, Lord, please, this weakness that I have, can you make your strength come through and allow me somehow, some way to see this person, these people, like you see them? Lord, please, I'm begging you, help me to be merciful. Lord, please, help me to forgive, even though they haven't even asked me for forgiveness. Lord, please, help me to have a soft spot in my heart for them. Help me not to be so critical. Lord, please, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Did you have somebody in mind and in heart? Amen. It's done. Now, if you believe it, then you've got to act that way. Then you've got to walk it. And when you find, listen, when you find the corruption of this world trying to creep back in, go right back to your knees. Go right back to your knees. Lord, this isn't of you. Lord, this isn't of you. Listen, it's going to happen. That's what the enemy does. That's his job. And he has many, many helpers walking around in human bodies 
who always want to remind you. But God. But God. Who is rich in mercy. Amen? Amen. God is more powerful. God is faithful. Amen? So last scripture, and then we're going to go home. Or go out to eat. But you're not going to beat the Baptist to the Golden Corral, I'm just telling you. In James, again, in James, chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Here we go. Telios, telio, right? You may be complete. You have lacking nothing. You have, you see, my brothers and sisters, again, this goes back. In Christ Jesus, we have what we need. We just got to stay in Christ Jesus. Stay connected to Him. Amen? Read, pray. And when you know, listen, when the corruption that's in the world is trying to creep up on you, when you let that crack open, and you, my brothers and sisters, Holy Spirit fills the gap. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Okay. Now watch, listen to me now. This is not going to be on the board. In verse 5 it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, so now watch, when I'm reading this, I want to make a connection here because I do believe that there's a reason why this comes in this place. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Okay, watch. Have you ever been in that place where you say, I can't take no more. I, I don't know how much. I, I just can't do this anymore. Have you ever been in that place? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally and without reproach. Do you know what that means? He's not going to hold your fault against you. If you're asking him in faith, you're going to God in faith. So now this speaks to, God bless you, this speaks to something. What? What? Okay, just what I said a moment ago. In this moment, I'm, this corruption of the world is starting to crack me. All right? I'm starting to lose this a little bit. That forgiveness, that, mer- that mercy, now all of a sudden this person just said this, or now all of a sudden this memory came back and now it's starting to creep up on me. Look, wisdom. Lord, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Lord, God help me. Lord, I don't know how to handle this right now. Lord, give me wisdom and strength. Let me see beyond this what is just in front of me. Let me see beyond that, Lord. Give me wisdom. Help me, Lord. Amen? See, isn't that what that's saying? But listen, but without doubting. See, what I cannot do is say, okay, I can't take this anymore, or this person this, or this person that, and then get say, Lord, okay, I, I can't, but you know, maybe you could, and I can't get up from there thinking that, Okay, they say another word. See, the Lord didn't hear my prayer. No, the Lord heard you. Yes, now be like David. Yes. What do you mean be like David? What did David do? Listen, God is teaching me something. So now if I continue to take this from them and, and I have my faith and my trust in God, at the end of this, there's a great big fat reward for me. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Glory. But you have to endure. Patience. You have to endure. You have to endure, right? So again... If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to, with, to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. Let, let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know what that means, double-minded? Corrupted by the world. 
Don't doubt. If you doubt, that's a sign that you've been corrupted by the world. Come on. Okay, so Lord, listen, I, I, I want to believe. Help thou my unbelief. Get out of the world. Get out of the way and watch God work. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all I got. Stand with me, please.